Hey, y'all, this is Mallory Irvin, and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best, and that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Living Fully Podcast. I know that I've said this before, but this episode is the episode that I am most excited about because today I'm with Rachel Stafford, who wrote my very favorite book of the moment and one of my favorite books I've ever read in my entire life life. She has started a revolution that I believe is truly the most important concept to every single person listening to this podcast in the world that we live in today. So hello, first off, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on today. Hi, Mallory. So good to be here. And Rachel is at home with a sick child. So I was like, you know, even more reason. Thank you so much for coming on and making time in your life because your entire concept and the book that I read that I fell in love with that I've already talked about you on podcasts before and everyone was just like, you got to have her on the podcast is a book called Hands-Free Mama. And to all of my listeners, my friend Ashley pointed me in the direction of this book. She said, there's this book that you have to read. And, and she's a friend that's also an influencer, blogger type person that's in this digital space. And this book was such a, just a moment in my life where my mind was just blown. It was such a, it stopped me dead in my tracks. And I want to read just the cover of Hands-Free Mama, a guide to putting down the phone burning the to-do lists and letting go of perfection to grasp what really matters. And this book just took me aback in such a way, Rachel, that I have listened to it over and over. I just listened to my books just on any kind of app. I I listen to mine on Audible. Mm -hmm. And I just kept, I just dove into everything Rachel Stafford and I am a huge fan. Just needless to say. So I want to have you, and we've got this whole podcast to talk about this concept. So even just a quick definition of what it means to live what you call a hands-free life. Can we start with that? Sure, absolutely. So living hands-free means making a conscious effort to temporarily let go of all the hundreds of distractions that we have in our life, whether they're external distractions around us, or they are internal distractions within us, Mm -hmm. but letting go, whether it's one minute or 10 minutes or an hour, but letting go so that we can be fully present with someone or something meaningful in our life. Amazing. Completely being in that moment, which we all know is a lot harder than it sounds. Yes. But I have found that when you are able to do that with the little tricks that I do, the little strategies, you can feel a peace in your soul and with that person that you are with that you will not find 
when you are running 100 miles an hour, you know, trying to multitask, doing all the things the world is telling us to do, things. you cannot find that peace anywhere except when you just decide, you know what, world? You're not going to get these minutes. You're not going to get this moment. This is mine. And I can't get it back. And you know, that's exactly. And when you you accept that and you're aware of it, it's a little painful. It's a little painful. Yes. Yeah. So motivating. Yes. And you know, something that like motivated me, I mean, I have two young children and to anyone listening to this podcast. So Rachel also has two girls. Natalie and Avery. I've read all about them in the book, so I feel like I know them. <laughs> and, you know, I've got two little boys. And the first thing, and I think a lot of people, when they hear something that like really strikes them in the heart, your immediate reaction is to go, oh my gosh, I've ruined everything. Right. Like all of the past. How did I do this? How did I not take these moments to connect with my husband? And how did I, I not look up when my child was saying hello to me or that's Mm -hmm. immediately where I went. My oldest child is only 18 months old. So if you're listening to this, it can be to a mother, it can be to a spouse, it can be to a child that has parents. This whole concept can really apply to anyone. And what I love that you talked about in your book is the past is the past. So let this podcast kind of be your moment moving forward so that you don't miss out. You don't miss out on your life. So, and I've read, you know, a lot of your magazine articles and your posts and stuff. And there was this moment where you realized that you were living this rat race in life and that you were truly missing out. And you call your daughter, Avery, the victim of your distracted living. You say she was like the biggest victim. It was Avery, right? That was the biggest victim that you say of distracted living. You know, this is my ninth year on this journey. And it's interesting because in a way, as I've really started to take some deep looks inward, I realized that both of my daughters, at first I thought it was Avery because Avery is what I call a noticer. She just takes her time. She stops to notice things, notice people. And, you know, she was kind of a thorn in my productivity (laughs) in my you know, I'm, I'm on the schedule. It's like, no, 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 we've got to keep going. And so in the beginning, you know, it was Avery that I thought that I was creating the most damage. Well, as I've gone along in my journey, I realized that also my, my productivity, highly driven life had also affected Natalie, who I expected so much from, you know, my need for perfection contributed to the way she felt about her life and herself. So I just think that when we are doing things in our life that we're not aware of, and we're mothers, you know, we are going to impact our children and the way that they see themselves and their life. But like you said, the beauty of the awareness is monumental because I was in that place where I thought, okay, I'm realizing that things I've been doing are damaging to not only one of my daughters, but both of them. Yeah. But with that awareness became empowerment that I said, you know what? I can do things differently. I can make different choices now that I know. My favorite thing to say to myself, even when I mess up today is today matters more than yesterday. And each chance. It's, it's a way to start over and who I'm becoming 
matters more than who I was. Absolutely. Our children need to see us failing and messing up and making mistakes and seeing how we own it and how we use it as a learning tool. So this is not about being perfect. This is about becoming aware and giving ourselves grace so that we can keep trying. Absolutely. Yes. And I I love that because I feel that you, you know, what I love about your story too, so we all need to give ourselves grace. So whether we're, we're like a working parent that's going into the office that's running a rat race or whether we are a parent that's a stay-at-home mom that's just so wrapped up in social media or yeah. watching TV all the time that's just not really present or whether we're like you. And your story was very interesting to me too because you were doing all these things that on the outside, we would look at you as a mother and we would be like, heck yeah, giving you a round of applause. This woman is making waves in the world. She's also like a mom. You were doing like charity work and you were stretching yourself too thin, doing all of these things that are masked, not masked because they're great things, but also our children and the time that we spend with our children and our spouses and our friends and our family are also great things. So it's about choosing that, but they were good things that you were doing and you were truly doing it all and people were applauding you and I mean, that was just, that's a really cool part of your journey to me Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. we can even mask things as good things. And when you talk about this, this whole hands-free living that we're, that we're going to talk about a little bit more, sometimes the things that you're talking about are things that we think, great job. We did that. Like cleaning the house, putting down the cleaning, the dishes, putting down the cleaning the house, putting down the charity event that you're planning and Right. Walk into your children. And that's a really cool concept to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was a painful, another painful awareness because I had been getting pats on the back for the question, you know, how do you do it all, Rachel? It was like a badge of honor. And it was, it was when I asked myself that question, I was out for a run This was what I kind of call this my breakdown right through moment, but I was out for a run. And that day, that question that had been such a source of pride was going through my head. And I thought to myself, what's the real answer? Like if you were to answer that truthfully, Rachel, how do you do it all? Yeah. The truth would be, I can do it all because I miss out on life. Mm. I miss the moments that truly matter, the laughing, the playing, the breathing, the memory making, I am missing those moments so that I can do it all. And like you said, nobody would have known if I hadn't, if I hadn't decided to go public with it, everyone would have thought, look at Rachel, look at her handle all these things. She's got that smile on her face. But the truth is behind closed doors at home, I was not who I wanted to be. I was far from it. And even my husband said to me, as we're leaving to go on vacation, he looks at me like someone had just died and says, you're never happy anymore. Mm. And the perfectionist in me wanted to say, oh, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm fine. And or, who are you kidding? But yeah. you know, I couldn't say anything because deep down, I knew there was a problem. And if I didn't get it corrected, if I didn't change that maxed out distracted course, 
I was going to lose the things that were most dear to me. Yeah. And it was hard. It was so hard, but you know, I can remember I was on that hill out for a run and I couldn't, I couldn't go any farther. I had to bend down and I cried for all the things that I'd missed, but I also cried with relief because I thought, Hey, now I know now I'm willing to see this and I'm willing to ask for help. And I prayed because I knew I couldn't do this by myself. You know, I had all these people expecting all these things from me. And I thought, well, how am I going to get out of this? You know, everybody thinks she's the go-to girl. And I thought, I'm going to, I'm just going to pray about this. And sure enough, I got that small step because I knew I'm not going to overhaul my life. I'm not going to make these drastic changes. I need a small step. And it was not two hours later. I was doing all the things, making the lunches, had the phone out, the computer open. I'm, you know, going hundred miles a minute. And I see Avery watching Lion King on the couch. And this little voice says, there is nothing more important mm-hmm. than going and being with her right now. And I remembered my prayer and I didn't look to see if I had time. I didn't stop to say, well, let me finish this sandwich. I went and I sat next to Avery and she did something that no one has ever done in my life. She picked up my hand and she kissed my palm. Oh, I thought, okay, I get it. How do I grasp the moments that matter? I got to let go of what doesn't matter. Yeah. And then that was a two minute interchange with Avery, two minutes. And I could see so clearly what I couldn't see when I was, you know, going from point A to B constantly. And so that's what I realized. Okay. What if I put these little time increments, 10 minutes, 10 minutes of letting it all go, pushing it all to the side, what could happen? Yeah. Wow. And that, that's where it started. 10 minutes of, of being hands-free and it changed my life. And you now are changing hundreds of thousands of people's lives. And I just can't wait, you know, for all of the people now that are listening to this podcast, I know that this is going to be that the moment for a lot of people because it, it truly was for me. And I adore that story because it was only a couple minutes and you were doing things that that have to get done. I think we use that as an excuse a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, well, I have to do all this. Like I'm being a good mom. So I'm going to make these sandwiches, but no, being a good mom was sitting on the couch with your child and that mm-hmm. kiss on the palm. It's so amazing. And I read that in all your interviews and stuff, whenever you talk to people about that and that, that magazine editor, it was this young magazine editor that you're doing this article about. And you tell her that story and you're like, I didn't know how she would react, but it's such, it's a powerful story and a powerful mm-hmm. moment. And Something that you just said that I I want to just elaborate on. You say it's not about, you know, it's not about the past, like we've said, but it's about you want to tell these listeners today, here's one step. Here's the next step. You took that first step Mm -hmm. that day and now it's a revolution. And that's what I want to talk about today are what are these tangible things that we can do? And my whole platform of, of living fully is about living your life, living your life to the fullest, not missing out on your life. You only have one life. And that's why your message fits so well with my message. And the first piece of everything that I talk about and everything that you talk about is you've got to notice. 
You've got to yeah. really take a look at your life. Mm-hmm. And hey, if you're a person that's listening to this, it's like, I kind of, I'm doing it right. I, I'm really, I really got this going on and I really pay attention to my children all the time. I look up and give a warm faced greeting. Every time someone walks in my door, I sit on the couch, I read a book 50 times. I mean, more power to you. But (laughs) I guarantee you 99% of the people listening to this, no matter who it is in their life that they're distracted from, or maybe you're just distracted in general. Maybe you're just like a single person living your own life and you're just so distracted by all the things in life that you can't even hear the message of like what you're being called to do in life. That's another thing that I like that you talked about. Also, you said for years, I asked God what to do with my life and I never slowed down to listen. That's a powerful thing to a single person, you know, Mm -hmm. floating around in their twenties too, that's listening to this. Yeah. You got to slow down. So one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, because it's a tangible thing how can we become more aware of the distractions that creep into our lives? Well, like I said, I started by creating what I call these hands-free time increments. Okay. I had no idea the awareness that those increments were going to bring to my life. But when you decide, okay, I'm going to look at my day I'm going to look at my schedule and I'm going to pick, you know, start with one or two times that you can be distraction free. And that can mean different things to different people. But for me, it meant I'm putting away my phone, my computer, my to-do list. I'm going to put those to the side. I'm also going to put aside my regret, my guilt, my need to get things done. You know, I'm going to, I'm just imagining my mind either physically or imagining my mind, putting it away. And then I'm going to protect this time. Okay. So you're creating boundaries because you know, as well as I do that the world is going to take as much as we're willing to give. Yep. The tech companies are going to keep us online as much as we're willing to be online. So you are empowering yourself and your children because now that I have teenagers and they've watched me on this journey, I have empowered them by watching me say, I'm going to create boundaries in my life between tech and life. And for me, that looked like having increments. Mine that worked the best for me was first thing in the morning, not to pick up my phone. Okay. To instead, I'm not, I'm going to use the first 10 minutes to connect with either my faith. I'm going to connect with my body through self-care, or I'm going to connect with my husband. That's, that's how I want to start my morning. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That was one. Another great time is during breakfast. Think about And this seems hard, but it's possible because I was able to do it. You think, oh, everybody's, you know, chaotic in the morning. We're all trying to go here and there and everywhere. Well, what if you decide when my child is eating their cereal, instead of going around the kitchen, I'm going to sit down and give them two minutes. I'm going to look in their face and I'm going to say, how are you feeling this morning? How did you sleep last night? And I am not kidding you, taking that two minutes to check in with their heart, you are going to change the atmosphere of your kitchen, 
You're going to change the atmosphere of your house. The ripple that is going to be going out into the world as your child goes, my mom checked in with me. My mom wanted to know, instead of screaming, get your shoes, get your coat, you know? And yes, there are things we need to do to be organized so that we can have that. Yes. It's about awareness saying, this is important to me. What do I need to do to make this happen? I love having distraction-free greetings and departures. That takes three seconds. Three seconds. seconds. That is one of my favorite concepts that you talk about. And you talk about how this is one of the easiest ways to start. The greeting. So easy. And, and because like you just really quickly, because yeah. the way that you said this in the book, it it was one of those moments that made me tear up where you said, you know, do our children when they're walking out the door to go to school, do you look up and look at them in the face or do you say bye to them, but they see the back of your head because you're watching the news or they see the back of your laptop. It like made me tear up just thinking about that. You know, people don't mean to fall into their lives being like this, but it just happens. And that's why you have to take such a conscious leap forward and make an effort to change it, which is why I just, oh, your revolution is just, it's amazing. So yes, talk about, because you said this is a really, really important one. And I I don't want you to just think about, if you're listening to this, don't just think about it with your children. Think about it with, if you have older parents or your grandparents or your husband, this distracted free greeting, as Rachel explains it. It's, Yes. I actually asked for help with this from Avery. She's very musical. And I admitted to her that when she was coming out of the school that day, I said, I felt like something was really missing. And I realized it was because our hug and kiss are getting lost Mm -hmm. in the chaos of the morning. And she was around seven at the time, and she made a little sign for the door. She made I this remember. Yes. poem up. It said XOXO before you go. <laughs> and so we hung it up. You know, of course, my daughter is three years older. So the next day she looked at us like, what in the world are you doing? That is, you know, nothing <laughs> that has anything to do with. But I said, no, wait. I said, Natalie, this is something that's really important. We're going to have a moment of you know, a hug or a, you know, and I love you. And I noticed, even though she thought she was too cool, she leaned in for the hug, but she stayed there for a minute and she just kind of breathed in my scent. And I thought, you know, she needs this too. We all need connection and we're all missing it. And like you said, I started doing it when Scott and I were united at the end of the day. I thought, I don't need to be busying myself, you know, of course there's a lot to do at five o'clock, but what's going to happen if I just stop, look in his face, ask him how his day was. And I noticed he started smiling. He started asking me more about my day. And it was like, oh, you know, when you become available, people notice and they start to talk more. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. So true. Yes. It's conversation. Yes. <laughs> so true. And, it's every single human being. Like you said, this is, there is no one in the world that cannot appreciate when someone stops for them. Yes. Even here at the supermarket, I make a point to say, how was your day? And they look shocked. Like, is this lady really asking me? Yeah, they're not, you're not looking at your phone. You're well, looking at them in the face and asking them that question. Exactly. Sometimes people are really vulnerable. And I think, 
gosh, they were just waiting for someone to tell that they're having a really hard day. Yeah. And I always talk about like figuring out, you know, I feel like everybody's here to make a unique contribution to the world. Like that's part of what it means to live fully. It's like finding out what am I doing here? What, what are my gifts? And, and sometimes I think, you know, my contribution today to this world was asking that bagger, you know, how is he doing? And he, he pulls out some business card and he does these, the other day it was like, I go and I dress up as a star Wars character and I go into hospital. And he was waiting for someone to ask him, (laughs) you know, if I do nothing else today, but have that conversation with him, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. And I, I just, I love the little steps that you're talking about today. When I listened to this part of the book in particular, I liked the example of in the car, the distracted free in the car and Okay, so we're all thinking like, you know, no texting and driving. Let's be honest. People are still, when they stop at stoplights and stop signs, everybody's pulling their phone out. Everybody's, or you turn the radio on or there's a talk show or, you know, when your children get in the car or when you and your spouse are in the car together, I think of it too as a passenger. So I'm a passenger a lot. Kyle's driving. I am sending emails. I'm on Instagram. And because Instagram is so part of what I do, and so many of these things that are digital distractions are part of literally what is our livelihood, Mm -hmm. it's really tough for me. And I just said, you know what? That's going to be my first step. In the car, I'm going to try and put that phone down. And I'm going to try and talk to my children in the back seat, even though they can't understand what I'm saying all the time. And I'm (laughs) going to talk to my husband. And I love what you say in the book about how it's like they're surprised at first. And then it transforms them. And now it's, it's transformed so many parts of my life with my child, especially my oldest child, and with my husband. And I just can't imagine how transformative it will be, especially for people listening to this with young children or in an early relationship, just setting those, those boundaries with your distractions and your devices and your to-do lists and locking into these human beings that have been placed into your life. Like, I mean, I love, there was like a line in your book or somewhere that was like, when your daughter's standing on the stage of her high school graduation, will you say, man, I wish I would have had more time on my phone or I wish I would have had more time to do social media or, or would you be saying like, I wish I had more time speaking to that child that's standing on that stage, you know, something about that. And when we yeah. think of it like that, I always say in 20 years, who knows? Instagram probably won't even be around in 20 mm-hmm. years. And I think of all the time that I spend at night laying in my bed, scrolling through Instagram, you know, and I love Instagram. It's a positive mm-hmm. thing in a lot of ways, as are a lot of digital distractions. But like you said, it's making that choice because in 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 years, when you look back on your life, you can miss out on it all with these distractions. Oh. Oh, totally. And not know your children too, or your spouse or drift apart. Yeah. That to me, that was my big motivator is I wanted to know that girl standing on that stage. I wanted to know everything there is to know about her. And I don't don't cry because I'm already like on the verge. (laughs) I mean, and they're, and they're 16 and 13 now. And now this is even more important. Like I see that my time with them here and having them in my house, it's, it's numbered, you know? And, and when you're, and when you're watching your 16 year old drive and you think, I'm really glad I got the message about putting the dang phone away so that she 
understands like this message takes a whole new meaning on when you get to see them in their life, making their own choices around technology, then it just, it really hits you. And so I'm even more passionate about it now than I was, but I just have to say out of all the hands-free time increments that I established in my life from the get-go, which are now still in practice today because they, they, they became rituals, which is why they're so powerful. But if I had to tell your listeners, you know, take one, I would say, try if you can to have that nightly distraction-free ritual of, you know, the tuck-in process or you're, or you're coming to check on them or just connecting before they go to bed. And in our house, Natalie coined the term talk time because she liked to ask me any question that was on her heart and she wanted the real answers, you know, cause she would ask me some pretty tough questions. And, <laughs> and she was like, I want, I want to know the real truth, mom, you know, she's five years old. And, and, and that was such a beautiful thing for us because I realized, you know, she wants honesty. She wants awareness. She wants presence. She wants all of me. And, and she's 16 and she still wants that talk time with me. And even if it's just a few minutes that we touch base with each other, it is a chance to apologize if you need to. It is a chance for our kids when you are in the dark and there's no lights they do open up more, you know, it's a chance for them to say what's on their heart when nobody else is around. And, and those 10 minutes over and over every night, those become building blocks of a very beautiful relationship. Mm -hmm. And if that is all you have, that is enough. Take that time each night and touch base, do what you have to do to make that happen. I would like to again revisit Smart Cups. So I want to thank them for sponsoring this podcast and tell you guys a little bit more about them and about a giveaway that they're actually running right now. So basically, they're these amazing energy drinks. We take them everywhere. We take them when we go on vacation. We take them to the beach. We take them to the mountains. All you do is pour water into these cups. They're a printed beverage, and they turn into the most amazing energy drinks. So they've actually reformulated a lot of flavors lately. So even if you tried them before, you should try them again. And there's only five calories, I believe, and one carb. So they're really guilt-free. I never crash off of Smart Cups, which I feel like I crash whenever I drink energy drinks or any sort of like caffeinated thing a lot of times. But I really, really love these. And right now, I'll leave this link to this landing page in my description. You can actually enter to win this giveaway where they're giving away Smart Cups for an entire year. All you have to do is put your email address in and you're entered to win. So I'll, I'll put that below. And then also, if you just want to buy them for yourself, I highly recommend it. Go to smartcups.com and enter the code Mallory20 for a discount. So thanks so much to Smart Cups for sponsoring this podcast. Yeah. Ooh. And that's too, you can do that with a spouse. Like maybe yeah. someone's listening to this and they don't have a child or maybe you're 18 or 20 years old and you're still living at home with your parents. Do that with your parents yes. or your roommate, whoever it is that's special to you in your life. And it's literally life-changing. For me, I decided to do my, my time was when we come upstairs, we have like our house is like this kind of three stories. It's kind of like stacked on top of each other. And on our second floor, there's this play space. So I started saying, 
let's go upstairs, Kyle and I both, my husband Kyle, and let's have hands-free playtime with Ford, our oldest son. And so we would leave our phones because we were, we, you're thinking, I'm a great parent. I'm up here playing with my child. I didn't think until I read your book, maybe it's not as great as if I left my phone downstairs. Maybe I could make it really awesome, even though you think he doesn't notice at one or however old he was when I started reading your book and started making these changes. I noticed the biggest difference in Kyle and I, in myself, I just realized all of a sudden everything that I was missing because my eyes were looking at a different angle. It changed my life. And what you were just saying, it reminds me of, you were saying talk time, that Avery likes the talk time. There was a part in your book that I really loved that I remember now Mm -hmm. that the lady that sent her son off to college. Mm -hmm. And she said that he had gone off to college and she was mm-hmm. talking to him and he was like, after they had the, I think they, you were saying like, after they had the, how much money is in your account? How are your classes going? Yeah. He said, I really miss you, mom. And she said, oh, really? Okay. What do you miss about me? Thinking he was going to say like doing my laundry or cooking yeah. for me. And he said, I miss talking to you. I just miss talking to you at mm-hmm. night. Like mm-hmm. when we would talk and mm-hmm. I just was like, oh. And she thought of all the things I did for you, all these things that you think I'm being a good parent or spouse or whatever it is. I'm doing all these things for people. It's not about those things. It's about Mm -hmm. that connection. Oh, and that's just, oh, so many beautiful stories. Like I'm throwing my hands up in your books and Rachel's just finished her fourth book. So she has three books out now and I'm getting ready to start hands-free life because I keep reading hands-free mama over and over again. So I I need to move on to another one. and. The one that you have just written that you said comes out in April, and I'll put the link in the description to where you guys can pre-order this. It's called Live Love Now. And you said, so this one's kind of in response to your current life with teenage girls who are now, they now have the distractions in their hands. And mm-hmm. you're talking about raising children in a distracted society. And, mm-hmm. and that's something that I try to address on my show because... Mm-hmm. This is something that I struggle with myself, and I always like to bring my own struggles to the table. So can you talk just a little bit about the concept of this book? Because I think that's really going to apply to a lot of my listeners as well. Yes. And I just kind of stumbled on some information that I kind of feel like God thought I was supposed to have. And because I thought, oh, I'm, I'm done now. You know, I'm, I'm doing my thing with my girls and I got this down. And yeah. <laughs> of course it's never, it's never the end. You know, there's always something more, but I started getting invited to come to classrooms of middle and high schoolers to talk about what I write about. And it was so interesting because I'm a special education teacher as well. And I did that for 10 years. And I, I feel like I do have a gift for connecting with kids. I'm very honest about you know my own struggles. And so I would ask them a question at the end. And I would say, I want to amplify your voices because a lot of adults today kind of feel like we're we're failing you because you know you're living you're growing up in a time that is very different from ours. So if you could give the world one message, what would it be? And I have hundreds of index cards. These kids took it very seriously and some of their responses they made me weep honestly because the stress And the level of distraction and the pressure that our kids 
are experiencing in this world would blow your mind. Mm. They will, they would make you sad. But like I said, from the beginning, this is not a time to feel shame and hopelessness. Once we have this information, we can say, you know what, this is what's going on. What are we going to do about it? Yes. And I, love that. I feel like the journey that I've been on for nine years has prepared me to help our parents and adults in general, just know how do we be, how do we act as these role models for these kids that are growing up in a time with distraction, unlike anything we've ever known, because you know what, it's not going to work to say, I have all the answers. I'm going to enforce these rules because we don't, we do not know this territory. So we don't, what is better is if we say, you know what, we're going to navigate this together. I'm going to show you how I'm setting boundaries in my life. I am going to stop putting these ridiculous pressures because, you know, a lot of my journey was realizing how much I worried about what other people thought. And like, that's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That facade of, I've got this all figured out and, you know, and we're projecting that pressure and that narrow path of success. Like what, what does it mean to be successful in life? We are projecting this onto our kids. And so many of the note cards I read, it was like, my parents don't even know my dreams. I am living the life that they want me to live. And it's no wonder we have kids that are not motivated. And so this book that I've written I took the top six stressors that the kids told me about, and I share how do we become partners with them, these role models, these trusted confidants who can say, guess what? I'm struggling with technology too. I'm struggling with pressure too. I don't want to beat myself up when I make mistakes. I have periods when I'm depressed And, and being able to talk honestly you know, like back to when I was talking to Natalie, when she was six years old about, I told her, I said, Natalie, sometimes I'm mean to myself and you know what? And it makes me be mean to you. And I want to change. That was the first step that I took in, in overcoming my inner bully was I told Natalie, I'm not going to do that to you anymore. And she didn't look at me like, gosh, I don't love you. She looked at me like, I love you, mom. And I want to do this with you. I want to be in this with you. You can tell me the truth. And being able to be that person in her life means she can tell me the truth when her inner bully is is flaring up. And that's what this whole book is about. It's like changing the way we think about parenting and changing the way that we navigate this world that is just so full of pressure and wants to tell us what is meaningful in life. And it is so far off base from what is really meaningful in life. And we start with these moments of connection that we've talked about today. That is the pathway back to each other and back to our hearts. Wow. Wow. Ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that book. You you already made me cry twice during this during this interview. What a powerful thing. And like it's truly it's heartbreaking to think that we're doing a whole generation wrong 
that we're, and, and we don't even know it because we think we're doing a good job. I truly believe yes. that, that, and I bet you do too, that yeah. everybody wants to be a good parent and spouse and friend and child. Everybody yeah. wants to do well in this life. And I truly believe that, you know, it's not until you, like me, you hear somebody say something on a book or or somebody has a come to Jesus moment with you or something big happens. It's not until mm-hmm. something big happens sometimes that we yeah. say, whoa. I've got to change this. And then unfortunately, we're super inspired and super motivated. Like I think a lot of people are after they listen to a podcast, maybe this one or or read a book. And then it just kind of fizzles out. But what I love about you and about your journey, you're nine years in. You're nine years in and you made this a life-changing thing in your household, in your life. And now you are for millions and millions of Americans and people all over the world. And I'm so grateful that you are having this conversation. And I love vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I love somebody who can say, you know what? This is what I'm doing wrong. And yeah. to look at your child in the face and say that when she's that young, I, get, I have chills all over my body. To look at your child and mm-hmm. say, I mm-hmm. sometimes like I'm mean to myself and that mm-hmm. makes me mean to you. Oh my gosh. Because most parents would just rather look at a child and be like, aren't I so awesome? Like I'm so... Yeah. Let's go get ice cream and like try and mask everything that you know that you're doing wrong. And I truly believe that every mother and father and and friend and child out there, everybody's trying to do their best, but there's always room for improvement. And what an amazing place to start is this, this hands-free lifestyle. And, and, you know, I talk about this a lot on, on my podcast, this whole our whole culture, and you're talking about these kids writing this on these index cards, it really weaves well into this because our whole culture right now, it glorifies hustle and busyness and it glorifies just doing more and more and more and putting, I think we've always put women on a pedestal who can do it all Mm -hmm. for several years now. So something that I, I would love to know from you, the queen of this all of this is how do you redefine productivity when the whole world is shouting, it's this way. It's when you can do a hundred jobs at once and still be a mom. That's the best. It's not, that's what you're saying. Is it like, how do you redefine productivity? And Mm -hmm. especially how do you, when things are masked as good. So with you, how do you put aside the charity meeting and how do you put aside the, I want my children to live in a great clean home. How do you put aside those type of things to really live the hands-free life? Well, I do think that my daughters are my greatest teachers. And, you know, once I began my hands-free journey and I, I created those distraction-free time frames where I just kind of shut out the world, the external distractions that were mm-hmm. keeping me from my moments it was so interesting because I realized there was a lot of distraction going on inside me, which I mentioned, you yeah. know, talking to Natalie about that inner bully. And I realized so much of what I base my worth on was my achievements. Like, yes. oh, amen you know, to that. it's like, okay, if it's not on my list, it's really not worth my time. Like that's the kind of mindset that I was in that that I was working with. And that's, that's a 30 year, you know, at least think pattern of thinking that I am only as good as what I accomplished. And that's very damaging. Very damaging. 
what happened was, you know, I'm, I'm about two years in, into my hands-free journey and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I got a great handle on this and I am with Avery, my youngest, my noticer, and we're sitting down at a snow cone shack on vacation. And I told her, you know, get, get whatever you want. And she picks this, the biggest size they have. And she sits down with this huge smile. She's about to dig in. And this look of fear comes across her face. And I thought, what in the world? And she says, mama, do I have to rush? Oh, and I thought maybe the scars of a hurried life don't ever disappear. You know, I'm thinking this is a child who I said, hurry up more than I love you for the first four years of her life. You know, I rushed my child through life constantly. Okay. So then when she gets this moment that she wants to save her, she has to look at me to know if she can savor this beautiful moment. And I thought to myself, okay, Rachel, you can either sit here in sorrow, thinking about all the times you rushed Avery through life, or you can realize that you're trying to do things differently now. Yeah. And so I said, you know, I'm going to live in today. And I said, Avery, you can take your time, baby. Don't rush. Just enjoy that. And we sat there talking about the things, you know, she was a little ukulele player at the time. So we're sitting there talking about these things and having a lovely moment. And she scrapes the bottom. And I thought, man, she's eaten the whole thing. And she offers the last bite to me. She said, I saved it for you, mama. And I took that bite and I realized that life's most important moments, most important achievements, they do not happen in the when I do this. They happen in the now. And the most important achievements in life cannot be measured. They cannot be documented. They cannot be checked off. They are felt in the heart. And wow. It was like, a huge moment. And I thought, I have been thinking that my definition of success was all about the accomplishment when it's really about these moments of connection. It's about now. It's about yes. like the life that we're living. It's the ordinary. It's the everyday. Yes. It's so true, Rachel. It's I did an interview with, with my dad in my very first three episodes. And the thing that the people grasp onto, the line that the people grasp onto the most in all three of those episodes was my dad said, don't delay your happiness. So don't say, I will be happy when I retire or when we go on vacation or when my child gets through this or whatever it is. And it reminds me of that. And I think it's, oh my gosh, it's so true. And we hear it over and over and over again. But like, I just... I love what you just said, the, and the scars of a hurried life. What a beautiful phrase and reminder. And a, whew, like the fact that she was a young child, and even as a young child, like the scars of, of living hurried, and you were in her presence. You were a mom that was doing a quote-unquote good job. Right. And 
look at what like you unnoticingly were creating in your child. Your child was still this amazing little girl, but this thing that that you were doing that you didn't even realize that, like I said earlier, were you rushing your family through life? I know there are times where I am rushing my family mm-hmm. through life out the door and put your shoes on and we'll put your shoes on the car. And did you grab the pacifier? And we left the whole diaper bag at home and we got to turn around. Right. And it's, man, what a, what a, what a thing you are reminding all of us of today to live in today. It's, I, it's beautiful. Well, and it's, these are things I have to, often remind people like, you know, this is a, these are years and years of discoveries. Okay. So like, this is not like, oh, this week I had this epiphany and next week I had, you know, this is a process. Okay. This is a journey. And this, this idea about, you know, redefining success. Like I, I really had to take a really hard look inward about, like I said, how do I, how do I define my worth? Okay. So when I was able to say, you know, Avery is telling me that there's success in these types of moments that that created like a little bit of, of tension for me because I thought, well, but I can't show this, you know, I, I have nothing to show for this. So this is takes time to, to accept that like, okay, my success is not going to maybe even be anything that anyone can see but I can feel this and I know this is important because it's, I have this close relationship with my child. You know, you kind of have to ask yourself, what do I want my life to look like in the end? You know, do I want to have all these awards on the wall or do I want to say, I know my daughter, I know my spouse, I know my parents. Like, you have to think about that. Okay. And then I'll tell you a really practical thing for me, just because I think that these kind of things really help people is when I was working on this redefining, what was success to me? How do I define my worth? I realized one of my biggest sabotagers of connecting to those moments. And that part of me was the mirror. And I could think of a million reasons when I looked in the mirror, why I should not go out there and show up for whether it was, I want to go and try to meet some new women today, or I want to go out and I want to hike this mountain with my husband. I would look at myself in the mirror and I was very critical and I could think of a million reasons why I wasn't good enough to do that. So what I did was I stopped going in front of the mirror when I could, especially on Saturdays. And I decided Saturdays were going to be my hat day. And so (laughs) I would put on a hat and I would (laughs) get in front of the mirror. And it was so amazing because I was able to like go and have fun and not worry so much about what did I look like or, you know, this isn't the right size I should be wearing and all that stuff. And little did I know that my daughters were watching me. Okay. And I go out to get Avery from preschool. And again, this was, these are like a year has passed and I've been doing hat days for about a year. And her preschool teacher runs out to the car with this really odd looking paper doll. And she says, Rachel, I had to come and explain this to you. She said, the kids were asked, what do you want to be when they grow up? And she's like, we had, you know, doctors and rock stars and basketball players. And then we had this, which Avery put this mom with a helmet on. And she, I said, what is that? She said, 
Avery wants to be a mom when she grows up, but not just any mom. She (laughs) wants to be a mom that wears a hat. Oh, a mom like you. Oh man. You know what? That's it. I am done living in the land of not enough. I am done, you know, measuring myself by numbers and, and sizes and scores and reports. Like that is not where it's at. Yeah. You know, look at the impression that my fun Saturdays have made. My daughter wants to be that, you know, she wants to be the mom with the helmet on. Man. I, you know, and I was like, okay, that was huge for me. That was a turning point in my life. That has helped me because, you know, when you're an author and they're the publishers, you know, asking, you know, how many books have you sold? How many followers do you have? Blah, blah, blah. You know, they're asking you those all on numbers. Yeah. All on numbers. (laughs) And I have decided, you know, my measurement of success that was placed on my heart when I started my very first blog was, did I touch one life today? That is my measurement. And that will is till the day I die is did I touch one life today? Wow. Well, I know that you're touching a lot of lives right now because like I said, as many times as I've consumed your content, just getting to do this interview with you and all of the amazing things that you've covered in this, it's just, it's truly life-changing. It really is. And this, it's truly a revolution. And I love that that's what you've got. Your Instagram handle is hands-free revolution because it's truly a revolution. It's life-changing. It can change an entire generation. I feel like if this book gets in enough hands and You know, one more thing that I actually want to talk about before we wrap this podcast up, I I could go on for days, but I actually, I want to have you on the podcast again and do a full podcast, I think on maybe towards the beginning of next year or the end of this year on your new concept, the new book, because I just, I mean, that's the first time I've even heard that concept and that's, I want to do a whole one on that. But, you know, something that you said in your book that I can remember reading, and it was one of the pieces of the book, a lot of times, like the parts of the book that I love so much, I would hit my little back 30 seconds, back 30 seconds, and keep listening to it over and over again. And, you know, there was the part where you said, you were talking about the things that, I don't know if there was a study done or what it was that Mm -hmm. led you to this information, but what the things that children want to hear from their parents and... The thing that the children that they wanted to hear the most or that was the most impactful was when parents said to their children, I love to watch you play and how that changed the way that you parent and your relationship with your husband. And, and yeah. it, was, it was such an amazing concept. And now I say that to my child because mm. I think a lot of times we're just exhausted and we're yeah. just, oh my gosh, really? You're not even going to remember me watching you play with this toy the 15th time today because I watched you 25 times yesterday and 50 times the day before. Mm. And I think like, you know, I, I'm not going to soccer games and stuff yet, but I used to nanny like 10 years ago and I can remember being in the stands like whenever I would be with these children and I remember looking at their parents and I was in the same boat, but these weren't my children. Everybody was on their phone. They weren't really watching their children. So this could be like to an older child, a younger child, but having us tell our children, I love watching you. I love watching you play because sometimes our actions are not speaking that. So if, if we're right. still struggling, putting down that device, maybe saying those words will help us bridge that gap until we're really able to set some boundaries and, and be able to put, put those things down. So well, talk a little bit about that because I love that piece. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, that for me was also a game changer in my life. And as I've mentioned, you know, 
I'm realizing the more hands-free I become, how my need to impress people and and worry about what other people think is damaging to, to not only me, but my children. And I'm putting all this pressure on myself. So naturally I'm putting pressure on my kids. Yeah. And part of how I saw that was I realized that when they were performing, maybe, you know, Natalie swimming or Avery's playing her instrument, I'm right there ready to tell them, oh, you know, it might've been a little better if you had done this, or I noticed, you know, you did not trying to be mean or nasty, but kind of thinking, well, it's kind of my job. I'm yeah. And helping them improve. Right. You know, well, then I run across this or article and it hits me in the face. It's like, yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. When they asked hundreds of college and professional athletes, what did they want their parents to say that made them feel great, that amplified their joy, you know, during something that they love to do? It was six words. I love to watch you play, mm-hmm. period. And I thought, Oh my gosh, here I am giving this monologue of things that I feel like they could do differently and what they are hearing. And this is something I just realized through talking to all these teenagers was what they are hearing when we are giving the feedback and critique is you are not enough. Yep. Okay. And I live with that message in my heart, not because of the way my parents raised me, but because I am just a very driven person. Yes. So I, I live with that. Why would I want to pass that on to my children if I maybe don't have to? So I started and it took a lot of restraint, believe me, to keep my words. Yeah. To, I love to watch you swim. And it was so amazing when I realized on the day I was going to do this and Natalie was eight, she was in a swim meet and I thought, okay, I'm going to say this to her afterwards. I'm not going to say anything else. And I'm watching her swim. And I realized that when I watch Nellie swim, I cry. I cry every time, not because she's coming in first, not because she's going to be a collegiate athlete, because she's healthy. She's doing something she loves. And I thought, why would I not tell her that I love to watch you swim? And I started saying that to my girls anytime I would see them doing something that touched my heart, which is a lot. But then, like you said, I realized, you know who else might need to hear this? My sweet partner of life, who is always doing things, you know, and when he talks about his employees and he's like, you know, someone thought we should let them go, but I really wanted to give them another chance. So I talked to them and my eyes are filling with tears and I thought, I need to tell him that I love to watch you support your colleagues. Yeah. And I love to watch you teach Natalie how to drive. <laughs> you know, if you're not going to have to. You know, I love to watch the way you take care of your sister. And I want to tell him. And so I started, for me, it's easier to write things sometimes to my partner rather than say them. So I started just writing, I love to see you do this. I love, and it also helped our relationship to be able yeah. to communicate. So if you just think about it, it's like, what are the times when your heart is about to burst, when you're watching your loved one, tell them about it and just watch what it does for them. It's amazing. It's amazing. 
What an amazing, simple concept. But I'm telling you, as a person who has applied this in my own life, yes. that it is truly amazing. It is life-changing. It is, it's a revolution. And it can change your life. It can change your household. It can change your children and your relationships. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I'm so grateful, Rachel, that I have been introduced to you and your books first off, and then your concepts. And then I was able to bring this into my own home and my own life. And I'm beyond grateful to have a platform like a podcast where I know a lot of people, they, they follow me on Instagram and, and they come to Instagram. They love watching our life and they love watching fashion and beauty and all these things. Mm-hmm. And that they can now be led to a podcast that has such a, a life-changing message that can truly shape their lives in their futures. And I, I'm so grateful that you that you took the time to today to, to come on this. And I, I want to keep this, you know, I, I want people to, I know they're still listening because this is just was such an amazing podcast because you're, you're next level to me. I'm telling you. And, you know, I want to, to remind all of my listeners too, that I know we could go on and on and on for, for days. And that's what I said. I, I want to have another podcast with you and cover this new concept. But just as a reminder, Hands-Free Mama is the one that really led me to your content, a book that I love. But you also have Hands-Free Life, mm-hmm. Only Love Today, and then of course, Live Love Now that we'll leave the link in the bio. That's going to come out in the spring. But I want to remind them too that Hands-Free Revolution is, is your Instagram account and, mm-hmm. and that you have all these amazing resources that are available to people that, that want to take this journey. And why in the world would you not want to? Because it'll change your life. So, and remember today matters more than yesterday. Yes. Don't beat yourself up. You're right. I I love it that you make that part of your, of your concept because you're right. The past is the past. And, and now, now is our life. This is our life today. So this interview has just really been amazing for me in so many ways. And you truly have changed me as a parent, I feel like with your concept. And I, I just want to say thank you for that. And I just so appreciate you taking the time on here today. And I I want to let you go because I know you have a sick child at home, but I feel like this was such an amazing podcast and I'm so grateful that you took the time. So well, Mallory, I thank you for being an advocate for the hands-free lifestyle and and letting people know that it's small changes. It is not a big overhaul, but those small changes can make a big difference and you're living that. And so that's, that's a very powerful way to show my message, you know, can be done by someone like you and the changes that it's making in your life. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. So thank you for being an advocate for living hands-free. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I I just, I love what you say. Consider the cost of an overcommitted life. I just think that we'll kind of leave it at that. And I hope that people think about that as they turn this podcast off and, and really, you know, move forward in a positive direction. So thanks so much, Rachel. I'm going to leave all of your stuff in the description. Perfect. And I greatly appreciate you coming on this podcast. All right. I can't wait till next time. All right. Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.